Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, June 8, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Another quiet day in the neighborhood. They're pushing on the highs. The question is, are we going to see a failure or are they going to make new highs and keep going? That's the question on the table. Let's do the analysis on the daily chart. And also, let's talk about what the duck says. What is the duck? If it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, then it's a duck. The duck, in this case, is the market continuing to go higher. We're above all the moving averages. The trend is your friend. They're beating on the former highs. They keep making nominal new highs. They want to go higher. There can be a black swan event, but we don't anticipate a black swan event, a surprise, something out of nowhere. We go with the duck. The 80-20 rule that we use throughout our lives says that 80% of the time, plus or minus a little bit, the same stuff is going to happen or the normal stuff is going to happen 20% of the time or the minority of the time, it's going to be something different, something we can't see coming. Something we don't anticipate coming, a la the ugly duck. This is common sense market analysis. We use common sense that permeates throughout our lives. If it permeates throughout our lives, it makes sense that the same stuff can be applied to the market. Why not? The market is made up of people. Investors and traders are people. People trade and invest on emotions. That's why it pays, not every time, but a lot of the time, it pays to understand what the contrarian side looks like. For now, the duck says higher. What the market can't do is it can't seem to trade through these highs during the day. It tries, it tries in the morning, it gets rejected. It tries again, it gets rejected, or it can't get through. So what's likely going to happen is we're going to get a visit from the thieves in the night. Who are the thieves in the night? They're the people that are brought in to gap the market up so that when you wake up tomorrow morning, the S&P's already up 20 or 30 handles. Something like that. I'm not saying that is happening. I'm saying under normal garden variety conditions, when they can't trade through a spot, whether it's downside or upside, They tend to gap over or under that spot by the time you wake up in the morning. And what really has been happening is the futures trading department ended up taking care of business. We've all seen this many, many times. By the middle of the night, they're already up and they never look back. We call that the thieves in the night because they're stealing the opportunity for the traders during the trading day that aren't interested in holding positions overnight. But think about it from another logical perspective. Here we are beating at the highs. They're above all the moving averages, and they've been eating time off the clock for how long? Well, it depends on whether you want to count the grind up here, or basically let's take it from the last time or the first time they made a new high over here, right? So that was 422.72. It's close enough. That's with the time they missed it by 10 cents. They pulled back recock the weapon a little bit, here they are again. So today was really day four 
of beating at the old highs. How many more days do they need? Soon, it'll be on time. What else we got? We got something else later this week that we all should know about. We talk about this each and every time it comes about. Sometimes it matters. Sometimes it doesn't. It's an awareness, nothing more, nothing less. But we all have to know about, and here it comes, the futures contract role. Oh no, what the hell's he talking about now? I don't really want to get all sophisticated. I just want to keep it simple. That's not me talking, that's you talking to me. And I get it. And we are going to keep it simple, but you still need to know what's going on. So we all know there's a futures contract. What is it? It's the S&P E-mini futures. The NASDAQ has a futures contract. The Dow has a futures contract. Crude oil, gold, all the commodities. This is the way the market works. Right now, we're on the June futures contract. When they roll, we're going to roll into the next futures contract. In the S&P E-mini futures contract, the major markets, the NASDAQ and the Dow, and the Russell as well, we go on three-month intervals. So the next futures contract that we'll trade will be September. This is the U contract, September 21, now trading at 42 1650. What was the other one? How about 4225.75? Interesting. So what's really going on here? Well, let's explain it. I think it's worth knowing about. What this is telling us is that the September contract is trading roughly around 10 points lower than the current contract. So what that's telling us is the future price of the S&P 500 is really 10 points lower, or it's being priced in as 10 points lower than the current contract. So just on its face, it's a little bit bearish. 10 points, not a big deal. We're talking about an index that's 4,200 and change. What's 10 points? 10 points could be made up in a flash. So don't read into 10 points. It's just the concept. But here's the kicker. This is the reason I wanted to bring up the futures contract in the first place. When we have contract roles, which I believe will take place this Thursday, a lot of time, weird stuff happens. Whether it's weird stuff on the upside or weird stuff on the downside, a lot of times the market will act a little bit strange, will have moves out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, the following day, it'll clear up and nobody could really explain why the market had a conniption fit the day before. And we like to point to at least one of the reasons is potentially that it's the role and it's traders going from one contract to another, which is really what's going on. A lot of times, and they don't all do it at the same time and they don't all do it the same day, but this is really where a lot of it gets done. They'll end up selling or shedding the June contract and buying into or rolling into the September contract. So you get some price movement as a result of the trader activity, buyers and sellers, and there you have the contract roll. But wait, there's more. Just to add a little bit of a tinge of flavor, a little bit of spice to the mix of the contract roll, Thursday is also a new moon. And again, I understand that when I bring up stuff like that, You've got to think about the tinfoil hat kind of stuff. But remember, inside my head, 
dangerous place to be. If Barnum and Bailey saw what was going on in there, they would run for the hills. What about inside the numbers? We don't have to circle back to stocks on the move today. We didn't have anything that achieved their entry target or price target. The market was a floater. Some stuff was trading down in the pre-market. They never got to the price that I'm willing to participate. Therefore, they're all no trades. Doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen from time to time. It's turnaround Tuesday. Wake up flat for the most part. They're really just eating time off the clock in the neighborhood of the all-time highs. That was the case early this morning, and that's the case by the end of the day. Today was a big nothing burger. Early thoughts. They're going to bust through and make new highs. Now, I didn't really mean just for a minute or two, but that's still the prevailing wisdom. While they're hanging around the all-time highs, they're going to bust through and make new highs. They've had every opportunity to get rejected. They really haven't been rejected. And therefore, while they're hanging around the all-time highs, they're telling us that they want to bust through the highs. It is that simple. Now, if they don't and they fail, then we're back to the ugly duck and the thing that happens not the majority, but the minority of the time in the 20% of the 80-20 rule. That's going to happen 20% of the time. But we don't count on the 20%. We count on the 80%. Why is that? Because 80 out of 100 times, you're going to be right. So we've got some early numbers on the board. 421.35, this is the SPY, and also 420.68. Here's a 15-minute chart. Right of the vertical is today's activity. 421.35 and 420.68 can be considered a zone. You see what happened in the zone that was, in fact, support. Didn't we talk about 420.68 a number of times? It was the low and the gateway to whether this thing stays bullish or not. Running a test of an important spot is the way the market works. Below 421.35 opens the door for 420.68, which is the line in the sand. They went to run a test of the line in the sand. They spike below it. They don't close below it. They take off to the upside. That's what we call running a successful test. Let's see what else we have as the day is underway. Another important spot, 422.78. Not the first time we saw this. We also saw this down here. Pre-market, we need to know the numbers up north. We need to know the numbers down south. This is the most important number up north, 422.78. The most important number down south was really 420.68. We didn't know they were going to get there, but guess what? If they did get there, that had to be a successful test to keep the bull case intact. 422.20, give or take, is support. Buyers would normally show up. Closing candles below would not be good for the long trade. Bouncing off 422 or thereabout would be fine. Now, here's a five-minute chart. Here's 422.20. You could see what happened. They went down below, came back for the retest a number of times. When they can't get back through that, what happens? Well, essentially, they were eating time off the clock underneath an important spot. How do you read that? Well, you read that as bearish. Why is that? Because the spot that was supposed to be important or is important wasn't support. They got below it, which means they want to go somewhere else. When they can't get back above it and they try numerous times, that's telling you the destination is somewhere else. Where was it? There it is. 
Did we know about it in advance? Yes, we did. You like apples? How do you like them apples? Let's see what else we have as we scroll up. What I've given you is the crux of what was going on today. You'll see everything that we just discussed in the notes, but I thought it was a little bit smoother and quicker just to give you the thing, looking at the charts, talk it through, rather than reading you the notes like we're in first grade. What I do urge you to do is read the notes and go back to the chart to double-check the work. Don't take my word for it that what the notes say is what I just discussed. Double-check the work. See what time notes were posted. See what the market was doing after the notes were posted. See if the market did the thing we said it would do. See if you had a handle on both sides of the market during the trading day. Here you go, 1021. The low thus far is 421.54. Below that on candle closes is a pretty good hint they're going to run a test of 420.68 and lower. What did they do? Exactly that. That was 1021. Where's 1021? Right here. Here's 1025. Here's 1020. So you see what happened. They test the lows. They bounce, try and recover back to 422.20. Then finally, they give up that number. And where do they go? They make a beeline for the spot we said they would go. You have to know your numbers. Do you have a tour guide that takes you through the market and gives you the numbers during the trading day? We're moving right along. Let's see what else we have. We're calling two numbers pivots today, 422.20 and 422.78. You can see the upper line is 422.78. Here's 422.20. What happened once the market recovered, got back above that important spot from this morning, what happened? It became support once again, and what was resistance? The same spot we talked about even before the market opened for business. Know thy numbers. By the way, what was the importance of 422.20? About the gap left open from yesterday. Above the gap from yesterday, bullish. Below the gap from yesterday, not bullish. Does it work out like that every single day? And the answer is no, but you have to understand how to read the tape and when it is going to work out like that. There's value in what I'm doing for Inside the Numbers members. Some members can use it more effectively than others, but it increases in ease of use over time. We're moving right along. 11 o'clock. Let's sum up the thing. 422.20, bulls can run. That's above it. Above 422.78, they can really run. Not getting back above 422.20... The bears take over, and the door is open for 420.68. So we've got the thing lock, stock, and barrel. It just is a matter of when the market's going to do what it's going to do, then therefore you know what it's doing. The longer they can't get through 422.20, the more likely the bears are going to win this bout. That was what happened. So you're getting the thing before it happens the majority of the time. It's not right 100% of the time. It's right most of the time. Now they ran a test of the 420.68, and now once they snap back, that's what we call testing an important spot. They ran a test of the gateway to where they could have gone much lower. 419 was the next spot. Now that they're staging a rescue operation, back above 422.20 is still important, and 422.78 is still really important. Now we've got a new high, which is also overhead resistance if reached. 
You just need to get a refresher on where all the numbers are. By the way, the test of the gateway, which was 42068, and rescue right after is bullish price action. The trend is your friend, and it's still up. From this point, I think you can read the rest of the notes on your own. You know the story. They really didn't get moving by the end of the day. But we had the numbers. We had the schematic. And if you have that, and they're making a move, you have more than 99% of all the other traders in the market. We had a breakdown candle on the hourly chart. This is the 240 chart. What's the high over here? 422.72. It's within pennies of the other candle. It's really the same number, same spot. So here, what was the closing price? 422.28. What was the high today? The high was 423.21. You can see they're just not ready yet to break out above the most recent, on this 240 chart, breakdown candle high. But what's really going on here? All they're doing is eating time off the clock, and what they did today, if you take away these black lines, is right here, they ran a test of that low. That's it. That's all that happened by the end of the day. And it's normal garden variety market behavior. When you look at the 120-minute chart, what did they do? What they did was raise the stakes a little bit because on this chart, you have another breakdown candle and the high is where? It's the same 423.21 we talked about before. That's today's high and it represents the high from the first two hours of trading and guess what? That represents the first 120 minute candle of the day. So when you look back here, the high was 422.72. Now we have the same situation just a touch higher, 423.21. They have to get above that, and it's likely they're going to gap above it at some point in time. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, if you remember the trend line that we had, and that was the one that went like this. They broke above the trend line, and we said as soon as they do that, the next order of business is to get to about 231. They came up short yesterday, and then they traded through 231 today. Why? Where are they going? Once they get above one pivot, what does that do? It opens the door for another pivot. So they got above here. What does that do? It opens the door for the highs. That's it. That's all that's going on. That's the way the market works. So the high over here is 234.53. Today's high was just more than a dollar away from those highs. If they're going to gap above and keep going in terms of the S&P 500, we could expect the same scenario in the IWM. The ugly duck could emerge. That would be the 20% in the 80-20 rule. That's the awareness. We're looking at the market from a perspective of the normal thing happens the majority of the time. Remember the weekly chart of the IWM. They ran multiple tests of the breakup candle low never able to close a week below the low. Therefore, what happened? Well, that, along with riding the 20-period moving average and only closing below it one time, immediately following week, right back above it, again, they're bullish as long as they're above all the moving averages. They couldn't close below the breakup candle low. We're talking about this low here, 217.67. Look how many tests they ran. Here's the low. They ran multiple tests almost every single week, 
And finally, they're taking off to the upside. Why is that? Because they weren't able to give up the ghost. They ran enough tests, successful tests, passing grade, new highs coming. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Similar situation, we're talking about a daily chart breakup candle low. They ran a test three days in a row for the most part. They can't or haven't yet closed below it, also being held by the 50-period moving average. But if you want to really clear things up, you have to pan back a little bit. What's really going on here? From a weekly chart perspective, at least from where I sit, this is the way I look at the market. They're making a bullish, flaggish kind of pattern from a weekly chart perspective. They're eating time off the clock, allowing home base or the 20-period moving average to creep up to price as price goes sideways. They're simply eating time off the clock, building energy for another move higher. Now, how will we know if that's wrong? Well, we have the same breakup candle low we discussed on the daily chart, and from a weekly chart perspective, close below that same low, and that's good night, Irene. That's on a Friday close, a weekly close. Barring that, they're doing the other thing. The other thing would be building energy to go higher. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley, the triple Qs? It's a rounding error. They were up a few pennies, nothing doing, no dice one way or the other. The trend is up. It's also up on a weekly chart. They're pushing on the all-time highs, and the same story applies. We're more likely to see a gap up one day than we are to see them bust through all these previous highs across the board in all the markets. I don't know that that's going to happen, but that's my opinion of what might or is likely to happen. Financials, the XLF, down a few pennies, rounding error, ran a test of the 20-period moving average, bounced off. Is that just a test and now they continue up? Well, until something different occurs, that's what we're going to call it, and then we're simply just going to move it along. Smash Mouth, down day, less than 1%, but still down a couple of bucks, but above all the moving averages, and essentially, we can build a pretty good case that all they're doing is eating time off the clock above these moving averages. You come below these moving averages, and that story will change, but while they're above it, that is the story. So the fact that they were down today doesn't really mean anything. There's a lot of scuttlebutt around the media about the semiconductor space. The semiconductor space is a good proxy for the tech space as a whole. So if, in fact, it does turn bearish, you have to look out below and you have to take heed in that type of activity. But the trend is your friend until it's not. Using the 80-20 rule, we're only going to address the other side, the 20% camp, if they start at least giving up the 50-period moving average. That'll raise an eyebrow, and that'll get me talking about it anyway. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.